Welcome into another edition of The Session with Londa and David. My name's David Austin, and sitting across from me, as always, is I think the prettiest girl in the world wearing your little Londa necklace. It's an L with all kinds of little swirls. It's an S. Is it an S for sure? What? It looks like a cursive L. It can be whatever you need it to be. Okay. Well, it looks a lot like a cursive L, and I love it because I have your cursive L in my tattoo of my Londa anchor. Yes, you do. So I love it. So I'll always see an L. Anyway, this is the session. It's a business program brought to you each and every week by Sherwood Austin Solutions. With over 40 years of combined sales success, Sherwood Austin Solutions can help diagnose and prescribe solutions for any problems in your business. A lot of business consultants only focus on the bottom line, but that is not the case with Sherwood Austin Solutions. They take a holistic approach to make sure all of your goals are being met. Call Londa today at 509 509- 4912663 so she can sit down with the people who care most about your company and brainstorm ways to make it more efficient, more financially successful and an overall better place to work. Whether you have a restaurant and bar, you run sales teams or you're a salesperson looking to up your goals, Sherwood Austin Solutions can help you put the right plan in place for success and help you stay accountable. Call or text today. Here's the number again, 509-491-2663. That number again is 509-491-2663 for Sherwood Austin Solutions. It's a great time to be in business. Why not be in business with us? You know you've been thinking about it. You've been listening to this podcast week after week, Mm -hmm. month after month, and you've been thinking... Can they really help? Is it really worth it? The answer is yes. Yes. And, you know, if your problem is you're focusing on what's happening in the markets and, oh, my heavens, rates are so much higher and how am I going to sell real estate when home prices are doing weird stuff and maybe I'll never get a listing again because it seems like values are dropping like crazy. They're not, and we can help. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I had to swallow. I took a drink of my coffee. (laughs) All right, David, what's happening? Well, I'm excited about this week's edition of the program. Here's why. Mm -hmm. Last week on our terrestrial radio program, Austin's on the air on Mm -hmm. News Talk 98.5, the talk of Acadiana in Lafayette, Louisiana. Mm Mm-hmm. Your trending topic was community. Right. And we got overwhelming response from the community about community. Mm -hmm. So I thought we could talk about how community, how and why community matters for your business, for your peace of mind, and for your customers. And I think that'd be a great topic to discuss on today's tiny little program. Well, thank you for letting me know what we're talking about. So here we go. Yes, that sounds great. This is the um, behind the scenes right. of community. That's right. You know, the, the radio show is uh, governed by right. the FCC, FCC, the Federal Communications Commission. Um, And, you know... Uh, so it's a little different here, right? On the it's podcast, a little, it's a little we're more loosey goosey. We we yeah. So welcome behind the scenes of community where we're going to get into it. I like it. Yeah. Okay. Let's start mm-hmm. it like today was Monday, and this is the trending topic. And go. Community is 
any group of a living thing, mm-hmm. right? Because so animals form community as well. Human, okay. Humans form communities where you can find your people, your place in the world. I gotcha. It's a support system for you. Basically, that's what community is. Sure. Right? And community is important, it turns out, because it it um, improves your overall mental and physical health. People who are involved in communities fare better physically even than people who are not. Well, and we've, we've heard the science definitely backs that up. Animals in the wild mm. that mm. are uh, separated from their mother, for instance. Or their tribe, their herd. Wither. Mm-hmm. They wither because they don't have that kind <laughs> of uh, connection. Yeah, they that, don't make it. That's exactly right. So, so they wither and that's a big deal, mm-hmm. I think people are the same way. You know, you hear stories in literature mainly, you, you don't see this a ton, of the hermit, the town hermit that lives away from all the people and how they're always kind of crazy. Well, that makes sense because if you are fully isolated, you go a little crazy. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, and, you know, community is really the place where we find a sense of belonging. Right. So I'm sure there's been a time in your life where you've been a part of different communities that you just felt like, man, this is just really where I belong. Can sure. you think of any any kind of times where you felt like that? That's a great question. And I can tell you with certainty, when I was a college student, I felt that way about the entire college of music. Everywhere I was, if I was involved with the band or if I was in show choir or if I was playing in the orchestra, I felt like every person in each of those different ensembles Mm -hmm. really gelled well together. Mm -hmm. I felt like it was truly a community of like-minded people. Right. And that was super cool. Right. And what's interesting about community is oftentimes they're um, the people within any group Mm -hmm. uh, will share values okay. but not always think exactly the same right because we're we're human absolutely so we all have filter life through our our whole life experiences yep. you know kind yep. of our own colored lenses sure and so not everyone thinks the same but most communities that you find yourself a part of you're going to have like-mindedness you're sure. going to align in some way with the values of those other people uh what gets tricky is when you find yourself without community. Right. And you never realize how important it is until you don't have it. I got you. And I don't know if you've ever experienced that. Well, I've been new to different groups, you know, mm-hmm. a lot mm-hmm. as a youth. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? When I was a kid, I was the new guy everywhere I went. Right. So I had to get really good at assimilating into the community instantly. And mm-hmm. I did. I got really good at that. And who knew that would make me good at sales? Oh, well, yeah, that makes perfect sense. You know what I mean? Becoming quickly, building rapport quickly. You learned to do, to do it as a child. Yes. That's interesting. Yeah, I mm. had to because every six months or so we were at a different school. Right. It was your survival skill. What's interesting is that some people would have done exactly the opposite and they would have become kind of loners. Right. 
and very inward and kind of the quiet, shy kid because, you know, you're going to be leaving in six months. Why get to know anybody? I think it's very interesting that we're talking about this. And in my head, I'm picturing the different people in the movie The Breakfast Club. Because oh, yeah. Ali Sheedy's character was kind of this loner and everybody thought she was crazy and she hung out by herself and didn't get to know anybody. Right. But during her Saturday in detention, <laughs> she blossomed because yeah. she became part of that community. Yes. Do you know what I mean? And that's exact. I mean, that's a very, um, that's actually a great movie to watch to mm-hmm. kind of study the idea of community. Sure. Um, and, and yeah, that's, that's what community is supposed to do mm-hmm. for you. It's mm-hmm. supposed to be a place where you find that sense of belonging. It's a place that gives you um, a sense of safety. Um, and like I said, a, a sense of like, this is my place and these are my people. Right. And I think that's why um, all, all kinds of social groups are mm-hmm. so popular. Like um, I'm thinking of like Kiwanis and, and you know, things like that. Sure. Yeah. Um, even even business networking groups. Well, like, and they are you know. great, you know, mm-hmm. because you can form a community. You know, one of my favorite things about being affiliated with the Envoy Mortgage Group in Kennewick and here in Lafayette mm-hmm. is we all are very like-minded. Mm-hmm. And um, that's why we say we are Envoy. That's right. kind of our theme, right? That's not the corporate theme, right. but that's kind of our theme because we are envoy it is us right so the community that we've formed there is very very strong Mm -hmm. and you know uh if there was a a street fight to break out i know doggo miguel and rob would be on my side you know what i mean (laughs) yeah yeah we'd all have it'd be like anchorman where the tv stations fought each other right you know they've got your back (laughs) that's exactly an important part of community so so what do you do when all of a sudden you lose your community that'd be sad well, I, and I've been there, and and it is sad. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, uh, you know, when I got divorced, I I lost all my community. Sure, one hundred percent of it. Because when I left that family structure, right. right? Because then we we had to form a different family structure. Mm-hmm. Um, I also uh, ended up being politely excused from my church community. Right. Um, I also, at the same time, left my uh, job that I was at. Right. uh, My company that I was at with real estate that had very much felt like a family and a sense of community for me and and went to another company. Um, Only because... I, you know, it was an opportunity for me. I felt like I couldn't say no to that. It wasn't because you felt unsupported. Well, I actually, mm, if I'm being a hundred percent honest, I did feel unsupported. Um, because you know, once, (laughs) once people found out I was going through a divorce and, and I did that, I, I left and, and I, you know, made that happen. They were, um, not supportive all the way around so yeah so yeah it was both i guess it it made it easier for me to leave because i didn't feel supported okay because people were kind of freaking out do you think you know do you think the character that you were playing in your life led to that oh i definitely think that i contributed a lot to it and listen i wasn't trying to be phony i wasn't trying to be fake it's not that it's just that i had gotten so locked into a, a a certain 
I mean, you call it character, and that, that probably is a good uh, a good way to describe it, but it wasn't phony, well, right? I got you. Yeah. For me, it you, felt authentic. And you had all good intentions. And, I did, right. and it felt really authentic until the day it didn't. Right. And then all of a sudden, I thought, man, I don't, I don't want to be this person anymore. And, you know, you hear that a lot about, and this is not, I'm not saying you were in a cult, but you hear this a lot from people who have been in cults Mm -hmm. and gotten out of them. And they talk about one day they woke up and it no longer made sense. Yeah. And that actually was really true in, in all those aspects of my life. I thought, I just all of a sudden didn't belong. Right. I didn't belong in my marriage. I didn't belong in my church. I didn't belong in the company I was with. How sad is that? That's got to be terribly sad. That kind of isolation that's instant that just hits you. Well, I think that um, you you know, and and many of the people who listen to this podcast know my best friend, Natalie. Mm -hmm. And I think that is the reason that Natalie and I forged such a deep, lasting um, relationship right. is because we we became friends just before all of that happened, right? I gotcha. And so, you know, that really, our friendship was forged in the fire. And she was going through something similar yeah, at the time. Yeah, she had, she had not been divorced for very long. Yeah. And so, so, yeah, we were both really um, trying... <laughs> I'm getting emotional because we were just trying to find a place to belong. Sure. Yeah. And, you know, I, I lost all my friends, Mm -hmm. uh, not all I'm being a little extreme, but not quite, you know? And so, yeah, it was a very, very lonely time. And, and I thought, well, the one community I still have that I can throw myself into is my clients. Right. And which is why then that next year I had the, my biggest year ever in real estate. I mean, it, it shattered any financial expectations I ever had of, right. of doing that. Um, because you could focus, you could laser focus oh, and, I did. and you had no yeah. uh, uh, entanglements keeping you from it. Right. I laser focused on work because sure. my clients were the community that I had. And then I started building a team as a, um, a real estate coach and, mm-hmm. and then, and they got a ton of attention because yeah, those were my people. And so when you don't have a community, you fully can just build your own. You, you definitely can, yep. uh, you know, and, and that's what I did. And, and actually that's funny because that's how you and I got together because as I was building my community, I thought, man, I need a lender partner who works the way that I work, right. you know, and I'd worked with several lenders and, and they were good. They, they got the job done, but nobody that I really clicked with and okay. like, like understood the work the way I understood it. Sure. Until I started working with you and I thought, man, this guy, when I overheard you on the phone talking to one of my clients, I thought, holy smokes, this guy works the way that, that I work. And you became a part of my community, whether you knew it or not. Well, and that's the thing. I didn't know it, you know, but I'm thrilled that that happened because it changed the entire course (laughs) of our lives. It really, really did. Well, it did. So I would say that if you are listening to this and you're in a place in your life where you're feeling feeling that longing to belong and you just feel very out of place in life. And I know a lot of people do at different times um, because you're missing community. Right. Hang in there. It, 
you know, because community has a funny way of finding you. The exercise that I do with a ton of people when they talk about being sad or being stuck or being at a place in their lives that's not awesome, I say, you know, it's going to work out. And they always look at me like I'm kind of dumb, right? And I say this, picture right now the worst time in your life. And I don't know what it is, but picture it right Mm -hmm. now. How's your life today compared to that moment? Right. And every single person I've ever done that with is like, well, yeah, I guess I haven't been shot this month. You know what I mean? Right. And some people would say it this way. I've heard it this way from from people who, uh, speakers and writers yep. and kind of those motivational type people. They'd say, you know, you've done harder things than this. Right. You've made it through more difficult moments than what you're facing right now. And you're still here. You know, and so I think it's the same idea that you're talking about. Well, and it's it's just like the biblical principle that God's not going to give you a test that you can't ultimately pass, right? That's he's not going to put stuff in your way. That's the no matter who you're talking to, there's an there's an analogy to use. There's a very popular saying. It's not actually biblical, but there is a very popular saying. Yes, I understand what you're trying to say. Yes, yeah, pe- you, people say it all the time. Yeah, God won't give you more than you can handle. Right, kind of blah blah blah. That's exactly no right. For yeah. That, but. Yeah, I, I think I that I think there ac- absolutely is, and it was Job, the trials of Job that that lesson is taught in. So yes, it is biblical, but that's an easy colloquialism. We're not in theology class. I don't want to take you on right now about this, but no, it's not. So, uh, but moving on, moving back to community, it's interesting though that you did bring that up because church is a place where a lot of people find community, right? And they really find a sense of belonging and a and a, and a place to be in a common good. Sure, you know. And I think that's wonderful. And I did for many, 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 30 years of my life. That was my, definitely my central um, place of belonging. Okay. So now that we've talked about that, let's Mm -hmm. talk about how you can make your workplace a stronger community. Because I think a lot of people need to have the kind of buy-in that I have with my guys at Envoy. Well, how did they get you to get that buy-in? Well, we all kind of grew up together in the business, essentially, right? And and knowing that, we've seen each other go through super high times and super low times. And so we've grown together to know um, one another so, so well. So it's a really great symbiosis between us all. You know what so, I mean? So that's actually a key to developing community in a business place is authenticity. Right. Letting people see who you really are, right. what you're really going through, mm-hmm. um, and letting them support you through that. You just said, I couldn't have said it better. You and, just gave a perfect example of it. A workplace that tries to look perfect all the time is not going to be a place where people feel like they belong. And that kind of place, people wash out all the time. Mm-hmm. All the time. Mm-hmm. So... Being able to give each other enough room to grow in your business, I think that's the magic, right? If you've got a leader in your building Mm -hmm. that is dictatorial and only about the end result, Mm -hmm. I don't think you can build that kind of community. I don't think you can get the buy-in that's required to build that kind of community. Right. Also, another thing that's important is if you have leadership that won't take a strong stand, Mm -hmm. um, that... That'll kill community as well. Absolutely. You know, somebody who tries to make everybody happy, like if there's a, a conflict arises yes. and they try to make everybody happy rather than taking a strong stand on the principles of the company, mm-hmm. uh, that, mm, 
you trying to make everybody happy makes nobody happy. I think you're absolutely right there. Yeah. Yeah. So how do you think people can better get their uh, employees to feel like it's a community rather than just a job? Well, I think having really um, honest and realistic expectations mm-hmm. about you can only do so much, first right. of all, this isn't their life. Right. And anybody who's running a company needs to remember that. Right. Not everybody wants to sit around the campfire and sing Kumbaya, and you right. shouldn't try to make them. And last week we talked about play at work. Mm-hmm. Not everybody wants to do the same things that everybody else wants right. to do for play. Right. Right. So the best thing that you can do as a leader I don't care what you're trying to do, create more community, um, create more loyalty, uh, make it a a better workplace, Um, whatever you're trying to do, the best thing you can do as a leader is grow your knowledge about personalities. Yes. For one thing. Yes. Do deep, deep dive on the different personality types. Okay. And then figure out which personality types you've got in the building. And, um, one, one thing that I would suggest is doing a fun fact sheet okay. on each person. Sure. And let me tell you what that is. So this is, this is an informational, um, survey that you can do, uh, electronically or by on paper or whatever, however you want to do it. Mm-hmm. And you're asking, like I would on it, some sample questions would be like, what's your favorite candy? Who's your favorite designer? Where was your favorite store? Okay. Um, if you've got fifty bucks to spend, what are you going to spend it on? Your favorite restaurant, your favorite sports team, your favorite. You see what I'm saying? Sure. Your favorite. Your favorite. Your favorite. And, and what do you? Who are the most important people in your life? And 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 you know, list them out. And what do you do with this information? I'm glad that you asked. So when somebody performs well, and you mm-hmm. want to reward them in your company, listen, nobody wants the Harry and David's gift basket or whatever it's called, right? Harry and David's, is that what it's called? I don't know what that is. Gift basket. Is it a shaving kit? No, 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 (laughs) no. It's like a, it's like a fruit and cheese and it's a generic, like, somebody wants something that's, they want what means something to them. Okay. So ask them when you do well, how do you want to be recognized? Yeah. Ask them how they want to be recognized and then give them what they told you they want. I like that. And you will build loyalty. You will build. Listen, I was just telling you a story right before we started this about a pastor that I knew one time. Mm-hmm. And when he uh, would get a new family in the church, mm-hmm. he would have his his office team do like recon on the family sure he and then they would give him a packet of information here are their names here's photos so he could recognize them by sight here's what they do for work um here's how old their kids are this is where they live these are the things they like to do for fun yes and the reason that he did that is because he felt like for them to have a sense of belonging Mm -hmm. he wanted to be able to address them by name already know a little bit about them so that he could um 
you know, make them feel welcome, make them feel a part of things. It's, it's the same thing. It's, and that is a great technique and nothing new. Mm -hmm, Bill Clinton mm -hmm. did the exact same thing when he was in office. Yeah. And I'll never forget when I was the radio reporter for the state of Louisiana in a press pool thing. I'd already talked to him once or twice before during live stand up interviews, right? But at this specific event, we were in the city of New Orleans and he saw me. He came walking over to me and I kid you not, he looked at me and said, hey, David, how's Sarah and the kids? How's that Caitlin doing? Mm -hmm. I mean, what? Right. And I turned to his press secretary after that face-to-face mm -hmm. -face and says, how on earth did he do that? Oh, he's got a breakdown of everybody in the, in the pool, in the media pool. And we go over it like flashcards. Mm -hmm. I'm telling you now. And it made you feel important it made me feel important and it didn't slant my coverage That's of that right, story yeah uh but it definitely made me feel 10 feet tall that the president of the united states knew my kid's name and my ex-wife's right. name mm -hmm. you know what i mean mm -hmm. crazy so this is what we're saying if you want your people to feel like they're part of the community that you want them to feel like they belong mm -hmm. you as a leader you better get to know them, get to know what they're about, get to know who they are, get to know what they like. And you do that by asking right? and then studying the information. Yes. And I, then so smart. Give them exactly what they've asked you for. So, so smart. And it's not, it's not hard to do. Nope. You know what I mean? It's something you'd never think of though, because a lot of people get promoted from middle management. Mm -hmm. They are never given management skills training. Right. There's no leadership course within most companies. Right. You have to go to a separate place to go get leadership training, like the rapport leadership training that I took, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. um, and so middle managers often now ascend to these roles and know, okay, so the numbers are due on the 19th. I got to get that packet together. So I got to talk to the department heads about that. They know mm -hmm. that payroll is on the 15th and the, and the last day of the month. You know what I mean? So they're, yeah. they're thinking about benchmarks, not mm -hmm. people. And mm -hmm. that is a great reminder to think about the people, the personalities, the individuals. I heard a thing from your buddy, Gary Vaynerchuk. Mm -hmm. um, he was talking about on one of his, uh, you know, TikToks. Culture. The, the He's TikToks. talking about creating culture. That's exactly right. And he said, listen, if you don't have culture in your company you won't be successful and he said he didn't he wasn't talking about getting a foosball table so everybody could play the same game he said when i if i'm in new york city and i'm on my this way this happened he recalled a story he was yes. on his way to do I'm on my way to the airport because I have a $5 million pitch that I need to make in another town, and I got a call that there was a problem with one of my managers. I stopped the car, turned around, drove an hour in the other direction to sit down and have a conversation with that manager to be able to find out how I could be of assistance. And I got to tell you, that manager loves the company now because the head guy turned around just to talk to him. And that's how you build culture. It's not about the monthly birthday lunch. It's not about the foosball table. You know, it's about knowing your people and, and knowing who they are, letting them be authentic right. in the workplace. Um, and I'll tell you, the worst gift I ever got was when somebody really wanted to treat me. And so they gave me a $100 gift card for a massage. Nothing could have been worse for me. 
Why? Because you don't like to be touched? I hate, no, no. Well, you know that's <laughs> <Hello>. not right. <laughs> um, but I don't like to go get a massage from a, like a, a professional person, like a stranger. Element spa. No, thank you. Okay. No, hell no. Hey, send that card back, please. <laughs> We're not giving that to Londa. The worst thing you can do. The absolute worst. So, you know, knowing... I've never bought you massages, right? No. It's, okay. you know, it's a combination of of knowing, you know, the five love languages, sure. right? Yeah. So, and there are more than five, by the way, but knowing what makes your person tick. Sure, yes. And, and a great place to start learning these skills is with your family. I got you. I I can go into our file cabinet right now and pull out a file that has the fun fact sheet that my kids filled out when they were teenagers. Really? Yes. Have we given those subsequently to Benjamin and Caitlin? <laughs> no, no, but no. L- let's get on that. No, but I but I have asked them enough questions to know what they like and that's why their favorite Christmas gift ever was the year that we gave them in in a variety of bags and boxes. Right. Um, a bunch of different gift cards to all their favorite places. And we, when we say bags and boxes, like she went to McDonald's and got uh, just the boxes for apple pie and put gift cards in there because the kids love that place. So yeah, yeah. Well, they, and and they weren't big gift. Right. Um, they weren't big um, amounts. Big denominations. Because, because all they get there is the, the diet coke. The ninety nine. They cent love diet the coke. fountain diet coke. Yeah, they do. From McDonald's. And uh-huh. so, yeah, so we, you know, so I don't have them fill out the forms, the family members anymore. I try to listen, right. you know. Uh, but actually, thank you for the reminder. I need to freshen those up. And we've added a lot of family members too. But, um, you know, it really is about knowing who your person is. When do, what, what do you do for me? Now, keep it G-rated. But what do you do for me that makes me more excited than anything else and just melts my heart? And I'm like, oh, honey, thank you so much. Uh, there's all kinds of stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I take you to see water, that warms your heart. Yes. When I drive up in front of a body of water and say, hey, I just wanted to come here and, and sit here with you for You're a second. You're right. You're right, and that's a big thing, but a small thing is when you take something off my plate. Oh, I do it all the time. Mm-hmm. Just little stuff. Right, and you don't think of it yeah, because you don't think it's a big deal. That's right. If if I've pulled the garbage can out of the pantry because I know when I, when I walk back through the kitchen, I'm going to grab it and take it out with me. I always grab and it. And when I get it. to the kitchen, it's already gone. I do that, yeah. Better than a $100 massage. Really? Absolutely. And I just do that because, you know, there it is. It, it, I see now that it's full because it's out of the closet. Let mm-hmm. me take it. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. and the thing that you do for me that I love the most, we can't discuss on the air. No, I'm kidding. It's when you replace the garbage liner <laughs> in the can and I come back in knowing I have to do it. I don't know why I think it's such a chore. And the thing is already in the closet put away because you replaced the liner. See, the thing is we're working too hard at the wrong things in business. I think you're right. That's what's happening, right? That's when you make, when you don't know your people is when you make really catastrophic errors like I made one time and bought a closing gift for a client that was this really beautiful bottle of wine in a gift box with a couple of other things, you know, and I was new. I didn't know this is what someone told me to do. And I gave it to them and they don't drink. 
Okay, because they're in a program. And it was a catastrophic mistake. Yeah. And that's when I realized, oh, I need to get to know my people. That's right. Right. And I don't do it perfectly. So if you've, you're a past client of mine and you're like, yeah, you don't remember. Nobody's perfect. We're I, all learning. Here. I got to tell you, I used to think my number one thing was uh, the personal face-to-face interactions with clients. <laughs> and I'm sad to report that my reviews are dramatically better now that I'm... Not in front of people most of the time because I, everything's become electronic. So much of what people love about you is that you're not afraid to have difficult conversations. That's true. You're always honest and yes. truthful with people, even if you think it's going to hurt a little. Right. They deserve to know the truth. Right. And it's okay because you're going to help them solve the problem. Well, that's the thing. I may take six hours ruminating on how to solve mm-hmm. the problem mm-hmm. before I call. When the problem pops up, I don't always have the answer immediately, but I always have it same day. Yeah, but you always say, I'm going to work on this. Yeah. You don't leave them sitting. That's true. And what I do is I find a solution, then I call them, mm-hmm. hey, here's the problem. Got a solution, though. Here's what we're going to do. Right. And so I, I would much rather call a client with solutions than with problems. Mm -hmm. Sometimes there is no solution. Sometimes they bought a car three days before closing and there's nothing you can do. Oh, you know what I mean? Oh yeah. Except say, take back the car or don't get the house. Right. You know, that kind of thing rarely, rarely in business happens. Right. Mm -hmm. I had a client a year ago who, when we finally got their profit and loss statement, their updated profit and loss from them, it kind of dive bombed the deal. And that was at the 11th hour in the deal. And we were pre-approved. We were fully approved pending uh, a new profit loss. Mm -hmm. So they sent in the profit and loss statement and they showed a huge (laughs) loss. Right. Um, and it's just because of the time of year it was. Well, there was no unringing that bell. Right. We were able to close that loan one day late. It was awkward, but I I had to help them figure out how to re uh, right restructure the deal. Literally closed one day late, and it was awful for everyone involved. But we solved the problem, right? And you can't always yep. have happy conversations. But I'd rather have a customer who gets their house who's unhappy with me than have someone who doesn't get to leave me a review because their house didn't close. Right. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Because mm-hmm. you only get a review if right. they closed. Yeah. So I would way rather get the family in the house and let the chips fall where they may. Right. There yep. are very few of those, though. Yeah. You know? Yes, we understand. It's few and far between. Yep. There you go. So there you go. That's how you build community. I like it. That's how you build community. This has been The Session with London David. We're a business program, and we love to do it, and we're here each and every week. We try to do every Monday morning. If you miss us and want to hear us more, you can go to your phone and download the News Talk 98.5 app. It's just called News Talk 98.5. There's only one. That's us. And you can listen to our radio program, Austin's On The Air. Believe it or not, we have a ton of listeners in Richland, Pasco, Kennewick, because that's where we have some arms of our business still. Yes, and thank you very much for that. I love that. So we're going to be back again next week. What are we going to be talking about next week? Do we know yet? Oh, we sure do. Next week, we're going to be talking about motivation. Oh. Why do we lack motivation? What causes it? 
And then what can we do about it? I bet community helps with that. Well, I'll tell you, we're going to get into motivation and personalities and it's going to be a barn burner. We'll be here next week.